Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Die Hard? I am, because after all, we are are the the Watchers watchers of of Movies. It's almost Christmas. It is. By the time this episode comes out. What it is will it? be after Christmas it's by the time this episode Christmas comes Eve, out. Eve, Eve, I guess. It is. It's Christmas. <laughs> well, tomorrow's Christmas Adam, so. <laughs> so t- yes. So today because is Christmas Adam Eve, came before Eve, Eve, Eve. Get it? It's a biblical joke, but also it's all sax joke. <laughs> One time I, um, I came into, I was working like, you know at one of my previous jobs and I came in and I told that to my my supervisor and some of my coworkers and I was like this could either be really bad or really good and they were all like that's pretty clever it's pretty funny and I was like oh my god (laughs) maybe they didn't get the sex joke I mean come on (laughs) because you know Adam comes before Eve. <laughs> anyway, so how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Just, uh, it's uh It's the holiday season. That's true. Hoop de doo, right? <laughs> and bippity bop or whatever he says. <laughs> what a weird song. And then you hocking us up. <laughs> hocking us up? <laughs> Yeah. You sock in a hop. Have you ever I have you ever really paid attention to the lyrics to the Grinch song? No, but I was reading like on I was reading something online and like a meme came up and they were like they were like, dude, the the dude who writes the Grinch song, like, we get it. You really hate the Grinch. It's like just two hours of him like dragging the Grinch. Yeah. You know? There was one there was one two um hours, two minutes. There was one lyric that I thought uh, was especially mean, and I have heard the song so many times, but I've never noticed this song, and it's, uh, or I've never noticed this lyric, and it's, uh, your soul is an appalling dump heap overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable, mangled up and tangled up knots <laughs> damn yeah you nauseate me mr grinch with a nauseous super nos you're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked hoss mr grinch wow i know and What's a uh hoss? I, I don't know like a little cart maybe that's pulled by a horse your heart's a dead tomato splotch with moldy purple spots i'm gonna start putting these in my christmas cards you're a nasty wasty skunk <laughs> Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say to my family. I'm going to say, you've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Garlic in your soul? That sounds like pretty tasty soul. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, roast that garlic right up and Mm, maybe you got a stew going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it says you have all the te- tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile given the choice between the two of you i'd take the seasick crocodile <laughs> well damn oh yeah anyways oh God. so that's some christmas cheer for everyone to enjoy wow that's great yeah i need all the cheer i can get this year <laughs> 
Um, so speaking of Christmas cheer, I watched Jingle All the Way. Oh, yes. Um, was it last night? Yes, I think it was last night. So this is a terrible movie. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about it because I just want to talk about how bad it is because why not? And it's a Christmas movie. So this movie starts out with, it's with Rita Wilson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think like the kid that played a young Anakin in Star Wars, Jake Lloyd, I think. Really? Yeah, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's in it. I didn't I know that like, movie was so old. Yeah, it's like from the so, early 90s. I not think. so old, so recent. Because if it's from the early 90s, that's not the same kid. I mean, it'd have to be like from like 1999. Okay, look it up. I'm curious I'm now. looking it up. Yeah, because that's so, pretty recent. I thought it was older than that is what I meant to say. Right. So like... Jake Lloyd. Oh my gosh. I didn't yeah. know he was in other movies. Yeah. Yeah. You're... Oh my gosh. Yeah, 1996. So I guess this was right before Star Wars fame. Right before his career ended. <laughs> oh, that poor kid. That poor kid, kid did not deserve what he got. I mean, was like, him and Hayden Christensen both kind of suffered a little bit. <laughs> I know. Well, Hayden Christensen's an adult, though. Like, Jake Lloyd's a kid when this happened. Maybe a little bit kinder to a child. I'm just saying, you know. I'm not saying it's right to be, like, awful to an adult either, but. I'm not being awful to them. Oh, I'm no, just... no, not him. Not like you. I'm oh. just saying in general. You know, but like I don't remember as much hate for Hayden Christensen for nearly as much as there was for Jake Lloyd. Oh, really? I feel yeah. like people really didn't like Hayden Christensen either. I mean, he was really bad. But now this is pod racing. Have you? Have you? Did you ever see Factory Girl? Yes, I have seen that. Oh, what, what did you think of that one? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I uh, I thought there was some parts that were interesting, but yeah. I yeah. like Sienna Miller in it. I think she did a good job. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't remember being like, I liked Guy Pierce. I liked Guy Pierce's Andy Warhol, and I thought he was kind of like one of the best parts of that. And I don't, yeah, I think I own it maybe, but I might have sold it. I mean, I could luck, but I don't really care that much anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, so jingle all the way. So this guy who is already like from the beginning, you're like, oh no, he's a shitty dad. Like he doesn't show up for his kids. Like, karate recital or whatever it's called and the kid is like I really wanted you to be there you know blah 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 and the guy's like well I'm so sorry you know I was just running around and doing work stuff that's obviously way more important than my family because like what the hell dude anyway and so the kid's like okay well um I don't know you know and <laughs> that's not what happened but so the dad He's like, well, what can I do to make it up to you? And the kid goes, you can get me a Turbo Man. And Turbo Man's like the new toy, like the hot, it's like the Tickle Me Elmo of this world, right? So you get it. You get like, yeah. So he, on Christmas Eve, is Arnold Schwarzenegger is, goes to his wife, Rita Wilson. He's like, listen, I have to go back to the office because I forgot Turbo Man there. Well, he didn't actually forget Turbo Man there. He forgot to buy Turbo Man in general. So, like, all right. So, we already know that he's a bad dad. And then it gets worse, <laughs> right? And throughout this story, there is never any sort of redemption arc for this shitty father character. Instead, everything just happens to work out, like, really well for him, which I hate. <laughs> because, like, fuck you. <laughs> you're, like, like your piece, you're, 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 what am I trying to say? Your adorable son just like wants your attention and your time, and you're just like, oh well, I'll get you a toy, and that will make up for everything. <laughs> like, no, go spend time with your kid. Anyway, so then 
Sinbad comes in and he is super obnoxious and like a psychopath and like tries to like ruin this dude's plan and they both should have been arrested numerous times but for somehow they got away with it and at the end what ends up happening is Arnold Schwarzenegger is um he never gets the toy or he he's unable to get the toy and then he ends up at the parade but the people that have this like the like some people think that he's someone else that he's not and so they put him in a costume and he goes up on the float and it turns out he's actually turbo man like on the float right and so he has to ask a kid like as he they're doing this parade to like come up to receive this turbo man toy so everything is working out super well, and he asks his kid to come up. So even though Arnold Schwarzenegger has an incredibly, um, uh, like, he, everyone knows what he sounds like because he has a very, like, noticeable voice, you know? Like, you know what he sounds like, right? Um, and even though he has a very, like, he doesn't look like some average dude. Like, he looks, like, he, you know, and he has kind of a unique look. Anyway, this kid comes up, and he's like, whoa and never recognizes who he is and then even when the guy approaches his wife by the way so he's wearing a helmet but his face is like partially obscured like his eyes but it's with like a like a like a transparent like yellow <laughs> like covering so you can see his entire face the entire time <laughs> oh my and gosh this kid is just like who are you, mister? <laughs> and the guy's like, I'm Turbo Man. And like, I'm Turbo Man. <laughs> and so they approach the, you know, the wife. And the wife is like, oh, my God, mister. Thank you so much for giving me my kid this. And then he's like, no problem. <laughs> and he like, takes off his helmet. And he's like, actually, it was me the entire time. <laughs> and they're like, what? Oh, my God. Even though you were standing right in front of my face and I could have clearly seen your face the entire time. I'm so shocked and surprised. <laughs> that sounds terrible. And then they had, like lived happily ever after. But I forgot to mention, the entire time there's this other dude named Ted. And Ted is like this, like he's... <laughs> He's just recently divorced. He's kind of good looking and he's probably in his like late forties and all these women are like all over him. Like there was like a, like a PTA meeting and one of the women was like, hi, Ted. Um, I was just wondering if you could like maybe come over later because one of my light bulbs burned out and I need someone to change my light bulb. If you know what I mean, <laughs> cleavage. <laughs> And he's like, I'd be happy to help you out. And so he's like immediately like, like he's really sleazy, like from the beginning. And he is all over Rita Wilson's shit. And like, and he's just so like manipulative and creepy the entire movie. And you don't want either of these men to win. But somehow Arnold Schwarzenegger like comes out on top, even though he's like almost as equally shitty as this Ted guy. Jeez. And it was just like the entire movie. I was like, I finished it. And I was like, I can't believe I watched that entire movie. <laughs> I know I've seen that movie, but it must have been brand new when I saw it, and I don't remember anything about it except, <laughs> is this Tom Arnold in it? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, but I mean, is there- Oh, a... the, the guy that plays Ted? Is that Tom Arnold? No. I, I never, I didn't recognize him. Who am I? I don't know what I'm thinking of, but anyway, jeez. Yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was that sounds terrible. It was really terrible, and I was- 
I'm just like, we're supposed to be rooting for this guy, but I'm not rooting for him like at all. And like Sinbad ended up getting arrested, but there was like this whole epic battle they had where like, it was just like, it was all this, all these lucky things happen to have, like happen to happen to this guy to get him to the point where his wife, who was very clearly like on the edge of like divorcing this guy and honestly should have um was just like oh everything is working out and i was like girl go to that lawyer and fucking sign those divorce papers because your husband sucks he sucks he sucks so much yeah he sounds like a terrible dad he was yeah yeah very like it was a very typical tropey like i'm too busy with work to enjoy my kids lives and it's like you know work is work and if like like you can have another job you know and I get but like you you need to spend time with your kids yeah. you know like you need to keep that boundary set and anyway so yeah no that sounds yeah. awful that sounds just as terrible as I would have predicted that it probably it, was. <laughs> it was it was worse than I expected it to be yeah and uh yeah and it was just like there were just so many things where like sinbad definitely should have been in prison like uh, he was he almost killed the kid yeah he <laughs> almost got the kid killed Jeez. and like thankfully like thankfully turbo man had a jet pack so yeah so mm-hmm. he was dressed up as turbo man a lot more than just at the parade he was just at the parade but they had like this whole thing where there was like the villain was supposed to like attack oh okay but sinbad was dressed up as the villain like he like attacked the guy that was supposed to dress him like and then stole his clothing and then the kid almost died and like it was just i'm 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 like you're if his wife had known any about like anything about this she would have known that her husband essentially put her child in direct danger yeah like (laughs) that i would have been like you know what i'm gonna take my child i'm gonna go to court and i'm gonna tell them what you did so you can never see your kid again how about that like there you go you know and then you never have to buy turbo my child in danger again (laughs) like and i'm saying my child because fuck you you know (laughs) yeah that sounds like a terrible movie it was really bad yeah it was really bad i hate that trope that like dad's so busy i do too it's it's really overdone and i it's it's just like and the thing is like the trope always ends with everything just being fine and forgotten you know yeah and it's like it's like i guess it's good that she didn't know any of this the wife didn't know any of this but seriously if like she should have she should have absolutely yeah a lawyer write up those divorce papers because i mean like from the beginning you could tell you were like oh boy you're gonna be in the doghouse like (laughs) because she goes you know she like he has this argument with his kid or whatever kid the kid tells him he's upset and he comes downstairs and he's talking to his wife and he and she's like you got that turbo man doll that i asked you to get like date like weeks ago and he goes oh yeah i totally got it well he didn't He's Harper from Happiest Season. <laughs> it's like terrible. It's just like get rid of this guy. Just throw him out yeah. with the rest of the garbage. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> you just reminded me of something. Um uh so like a month ago I was scrolling through like Facebook has like this video thing and um you know who Joe Rogan is, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I know who Joe Rogan is, but I'd never heard any of his podcasts. Like I've never listened to it. I've never heard him. I just have read headlines about bonkers things he does. And so video came up and it was like an OBGYN reacting to Joe Rogan's comments about paternity leave. Okay. And so it was just a reaction video. Like this, this OBGYN would play a little bit of his comments and then respond to them. And he was saying the most ridiculous things because he was like, he was like, oh, in, in Germany where their economy is tanking because all their men are taking paternity leave. And the, the doctor who was, she was pausing the video and making comments. She's like, nobody's uh, economy is tanking because of paternity leave. <laughs> and then he says, in America, we have to work. And if a woman decides to have a kid, then she should just lose her job or something like that. And I was like, if a what? woman decides to have a kid, like no woman on her own. Well, okay. That's not fair. Most women who decide to have children are making an educated decision with their partner to have right. a child. It's not just right. like women don't just like wake up one day and combust themselves pregnant. Like it's <laughs> usually, I mean, I know that there are accidents, but generally speaking, that's not how it works. And, uh, and then he's like going off about how like, why does the man need to take paternity leave? And the doctor was cutting in and she's like, Joe Rogan lived in a world where fathers aren't part of their children's lives. Yeah. And like you take paternity leave so you can bond with your infant. Well, and also like, so you can bond with your infant, but then also, so maybe you can help your wife. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. Like she either we live in such a patriarchal society. I didn't even think of that. Like, she either went through giving birth, which is, pretty intense or she went through major surgery having a c-section which yeah. is also pretty intense and you're well and the there's household. so many complications that can happen from birth you know yeah like, well i mean even if the birth is perfect it's still you need recovery time oh, let yeah. alone but yeah. also like don't you guys just want to help each other out and if the baby wakes up in the middle of the night like are you gonna want to go to work that you know what i mean like it's so silly and he's acting like and maybe it's all an act like just to get a certain type of audience but it was so angering because i was like i can't i can't imagine being in a relationship with somebody like that yeah i can't somebody who believes like that and acts like that i i it sounds it seems terrible oh my god that reminds me one time um when i was working with my family at the restaurant there was one of our co or one of our employees friends came in and my mom and i were like standing at the front and we were listening we were kind of like listening in on this guy's conversation and he goes, he says to my, to the employee, he was like, yeah, I have about a year left to see if uh, my girlfriend like is good at cleaning and like cooking before I decide if I'm going to ask her to marry her, me. And I, and my mom goes, I can't believe I just heard what I heard. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, and I, and it's, this has been years and years since this happened maybe close to a decade and it still like boils my blood <laughs> like I'm like every time I think of it I'm like girl I hope that girl got out of that situation because I'm like your girlfriend isn't there to be your fucking servant she's your friend like you you love her she's like you're she's supposed to be your friend you're supposed to be friends with the people that you you know like you're in a relationship with because it's like friendship and love it kind of like it goes hand in hand you know and it's and I was just like wow and and I uh that was kind of 
that was a moment where I was like, people like this exist in the world. Yeah. Cool. You know, it pretty was pretty bonkers. Ugh, gross. Do you want to talk about the movie? Let's do it. Okay. So what did you think of the movie? It's so fun. I really like this movie. I've seen so you've it. You've seen this numerous oh, times. Oh, of course. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up with Die Hard and, uh, it's just, uh, it's a nonstop thrill ride and it's funny and it's bonkers and it's got a good cast. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so fun. And I actually bought it within the last like five years because I saw it on, on sale on Blu-ray and I was like, oh uh, yeah, why don't I own Die Hard? I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, so I just bought it. And uh, yeah, so... I, I really like it. Have you seen it before? What did you I, think? I have not. So I'm going to tell you there's a little story. Well, I'm not really telling you. You know the story, but I'm telling our audience. Um, so <clears throat> I started watching the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And on the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andy Samberg's character Jake is obsessed with Die Hard. And I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I was like, I'm going to buy Die Hard because he's really into it. I probably will end up liking it. I like I was kind of like, I wasn't worried that I was going to like it. And so today I watched it for the first time ever. Jeez. And it was really fun. <laughs> I really like, I, I was not at all surprised that I liked it. Like I finished it and I was like, yes, I liked that movie. That was enjoyable. It was, it was, um, pretty much what I expected. You know I mean? I, I knew a little bit going in, but I didn't know a lot. And I was, I was glad that I didn't know as much as I knew, but I had seen it like in so many different things and referenced so many different times. And like they're one of my favorite episodes of Bob, uh, episode of Bob's burgers is when they put on a play, they like put on like two different plays. Like there's working girl and then there's die hard. And so they combine them later to it's called <laughs> work hard or die trying girl. <laughs> <laughs> work hard or die trying girl <laughs> work hard play hard <laughs> that's the song <laughs> i love it and uh so i like i remember stuff like there's two fbi agents named johnson you know and 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 so i was <laughs> like it's just it was like mentioned a lot community so anyway so I've I've had I've heard a lot of it and I'm I'm very glad that I liked it but again there was no doubt in my mind that I was gonna like this movie I was pretty much expect I was gonna be very surprised if I did not like the movie yeah yeah I was thinking that as well because I knew that you I I knew that you were watching it for the first time I actually like wasn't sure if you had seen it just in bits and pieces or what your exposure to it was so, but I was like I feel like some of it's still a mystery to her if not all of it and I can't imagine her not liking this movie yeah 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 it I mean I it's hard for me to say that I don't like action movies because I in general I don't I I really don't think I have a a really big problem where I don't like action movies like overall in general I would say like yeah across the board I generally enjoy them you know there's a couple here and they're like Annual Quartermain in the Temple of Skulls that I could think of you know that <laughs> just off the top of your head just off the top of my head like that I you know like with like injured ankles that got injured by nothing and and you know outfits that Hillary Duff wore to the <laughs> 2005s <laughs> anyway I was actually shocked when I looked it up just now to get the cast list that it was made in 1988 because it doesn't 
really feel like that dated. I mean, no, it doesn't. the technology, like this touch, like the screens that you see are dated, but the movie itself feels feels very fresh. It and does. I think that that's a feat. And Mike and I recently watched The Hunt for Red October, which you watched after I recommended it to you. It's well, the same director. I didn't finish it. You didn't finish it? No, I, I didn't end up finishing it. I stopped at like 40 minutes before oh, the end. Oh, no wonder oh, you said there wasn't enough still in Skarsgård. I was, <laughs> like, was a little distracted. Yeah, because the only part I saw is where he was like angrily smoking that cigarette and he was he was grumping about um, how like he got his orders within like 24 hours or something. And he was like, 24 hours, 24 hours. I can't believe I got <laughs> I was just like, hee hee. <laughs> well, John McTiernan directed Hunt for Red October um, and Die Hard and Predator. So he's oh, like really? action movie master. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I did know that he directed that because I remember as I was watching it or like something, I looked it up or something and I was like, oh shit, no fucking way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I, that's pretty cool. When I put the movie in, I was like, McTiernan, that's really familiar. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I just saw his name like two days ago or oh five days ago anyway yeah i mean definitely like the hunt for red october it did pull me in but i was just like i wasn't in the right headspace to watch it and i had been watching archer and i was just like i'm i'm on like the last season and i'm just trying to get through it because i want to know what happens but i don't really care about it that like it's it pretty much like and i know you haven't seen this but for those who have watched it my whole thing is that i feel like it really got bad once archer fell into the coma because then it started these like three seasons where they were like like one was like a 1950s like film noir type thing and the other one was like a thing where they were like lost in the jungle and trying to find like a indiana jones-esque temple-ish like figure whatever and then the last one they're in space Hmm. and i'm i'm like this doesn't and so I was kind of wondering if they were just going to end it there and they were not going to have like an ending, but then he woke up from the coma. Naturally, even though he'd been in a coma for three years, he didn't suffer a single side effect, mental side effect. Then that makes so much sense. Seeing as this guy has had numerous concussions, and I'm pretty like, I mean, uh, anyway, but it's, so I've been like trying to go through it, but there's just like, it's like constant yelling. Like that's all they do at each other, scream at each other. And it was funny in the beginning, and now because I'm getting so tired of it and I don't really care what happens, but I still want to know, I'm just like, I was like, I'm just going to watch whatever. And so you mentioned it, hunt of, the hunt, what is it, the hunt for Red October? And uh, you were like, Stone Scars Guards in it. And I was like, I'm just going to change it. <laughs> so then I started watching it, but I was... I wasn't in the right headspace. So um, well, I did. I did like what I saw, though, and I do want to finish it. It's just that I, I think I need to probably just rewatch the entire thing. To be yeah, honest with you. it's good. I, I think it's, it's a thrill, a thrill ride. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyway, back to Die Hard. So that was kind of fun that he directed it, and yeah, yeah I think he knows how to do pacing really well. I think I he's, think so too. Because. Mike has mentioned this too to me before that like older movies, the pacing is usually like pretty tedious. So it's refreshing when you can see an older movie that feels modern. Oh yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I noticed that I didn't really like, I couldn't really put it into words, but I think what you were saying where it feels like a more modern film, like it's definitely more, maybe not modern, right? We're a bit more contemporary. Yeah. It definitely, I agree with that. It has this like, 
I wouldn't say timeless, but I don't know. I mean, 33 years and it's still like, it, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, there's, that's, yeah. You know? It's not like this, like, weird cheekiness where they're like look at this up and coming technology that's dated you know it's like right. the only time they really do that is when he first comes to like nakatomi plaza and he's like typing on the touch screen to find where his wife is he's like cool toy but otherwise <laughs> i know he's you know. like he's got like the bruce willis like classic like yeah. little smirk on his face like mm, cool toy. i so i have to say argyle i knew he had a driver named argyle but I like was on it like I've had this in my head for <laughs> probably years now. But in my mind, Argyle was like a 70-year-old guy. Like he maybe like kind of Danny Glover esque. Obviously not Danny Glover in 88, but like you get what I mean. Just kind of like he's retired, but he's doing some stuff to keep active. And like one of the things that he does is he drives around limos. And so when they introduced this like 23-year-old boy, I was like that's Argyle? I was like, first of all, his name is way too old for his age. <laughs> and also, in in Arrested Development, uh, Liza Minnelli's brother's named Argyle, and he's like this, like, he looks like he's been to a tanning bed every single day of his life. And he's, like, his sweaters are actually, like, the Argyle print. And, like, and so that's kind of what I had in my mind. And then when they showed him, I was like, oh okay that's that's definitely different than what i expected yeah that's a that's interesting that happens to me a lot because um mike is on this like podcast sometimes for the it's like a website called the pw torch i've talked about it before and they get callers from like all over the country and there's some callers who call in multiple times like like frequent callers so every time i listen there's always going to be a few that have like that are on and I have like very specific visions of what I think they look like based on their voices. And sometimes Mike will find them on Twitter and he'll be like, this is so-and-so. And I'll be like, Oh my gosh, he looks nothing like what I pictured. <laughs> and it's always kind of, it's, it's a similar to like hearing DJs on the radio or something. or like that phenomenon that you're talking about where you pictured Argyle as different, just based on things you'd heard like pop culture, pop culture references and stuff. So it's, right. it's a funny phenomenon when it happens. It's like, it's a, I used to work one of my old jobs. I used to work with a bunch of salespeople that I like had not met. And one of the guys was named Frank. And I was picturing Frank to look like an old Italian guy, like maybe like fifties or something. And I met Frank like an, and like jet black hair, you know, like just very like Italian looking, you know? And I met him and he was just like a basic old white dude. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, Frank, you go back and you, and you come back is what I expect you to look like, <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, this is a joke. You're not Frank. Where's Frank? Come on. Where's, like, where's Frank? Frank? And then there was another guy that I worked with named Joe. And I like kind of, I, I was curious. And, and he had a, a unique enough last name where like you could find him like on Facebook or whatever. So I kind of like Facebooked, stalked it. Not like stalked him. It was, it's like light stalking. It's like it's like legal light stalking. <laughs> legal light stalking. But yeah. like Joe had the sexiest voice. Like he always like he'd be like, Hi Lord, it's Joe. And I'd be like, Oh my god, hi. <laughs> I would always giggle like when I talked to him, it was terrible. And so I looked him up and I was like, Oh. <laughs> he like looked more like 
Stephen Tobolowski. Do you know who that is? You probably do if you looked him up. Speaking of, I want to tell you something about Stephen Tobolowski. So when I was watching Archer, um, there was a character that came on. And I was like, I think I know who this actor is. And I like didn't, I didn't know his name. I didn't know his name until I looked him up. And I, I like Googled like who plays whatever in Archer, you know, and they were like, and it popped up Stephen Tobolowski. And I was like, fuck, I was right. <laughs> I was like, shit, I'm amazing. Let's see. Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah. Ugh, I can't type here. Hang on. It's like, T. I think it's PH, Stephen with PH maybe oh yes i know who that guy is yeah he's in a lot of stuff yeah he is in a lot of stuff wow i never knew his name i didn't either i can like hear his voice just looking at <laughs> right, right, photos right. Of him. yeah and anyway so they like they show and he, the guy the the cartoon did actually look like him but i i still was very proud of myself because i was like that i feel like that was like <laughs> That was a that was a pretty good uh, shot, and I I got it. Like, yes, that was success. pretty success. I was really like happy about that, you know. So after you watched the movie, did you walk around and make fists with your toes on the carpet? No, because I tried that because I I was like curious, like, is it actually soothing? I'm sure it was. I'm assuming it was just made up for the movie, or maybe somebody who makes a movie does that after flying but like so uh john mcclain is nervous about flying and the guy next to him is like i've been flying for nine years this is what you do when you get home you take off your shoes and socks and you walk around the carpet and you make fists with your toast it it'll relax you more than a shower or anything so i did walk around in bare feet and made fists with my toes and i was like it just it feels like i'm just like scrunching my toes on the carpet it wasn't soothing I I, like didn't relax me at all it didn't feel it felt exactly like i imagined it feeling so right. i was wondering like do people do that because of this movie or is that a thing and this movie just talked about it yeah i don't i mean i i know i've done it before and i think it it is soothing to me i think it would be even better if it was like longer carpet though or like oh shed carpet. like 80s carpet yeah yeah like you walk around and you're like oh yeah like, or grass, you know? Like, feeling grass, like, that would feel good, I think, maybe. Well, maybe not grass. I don't maybe really like being dirty, so I don't think I would like that, but... <laughs> I, you know, uh, speaking of not liking being dirty, the other day I realized, because um, I always, like, if I have, like, wings, I always get, like, boneless wings, and I was like, why do I always, like, do stuff like that? And I was just curious about it, and I go, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, girl, it's because you don't like getting dirty. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, oh my god that makes so much sense <laughs> i was like all these instances that happened in my life and of course i avoid them because i want to get dirty and like i don't even like being outside i'm like i'm like ew i have to go outside for like 20 seconds no um one time i was over a family friend's place and like her daughter who like normally lives in south korea was there visiting and <laughs> she offered me a it was a rag it was like a a bamboo rag that if you put it underwater it like expands you know and she's like do you want one of these and I go oh, Sarah I don't go outside <laughs> why why just going out what does going outside have to do with it because it was like a sweat rag so you like do, oh you I know, see I, was like, oh, I don't go outside <laughs> she thought that was pretty funny and I was like I'm not kidding 
(laughs) (laughs) I don't sweat. (laughs) I don't sweat. Unfortunately, I do, and it sucks. And I'm a sweater. What can I say? I am a piece of warm clothing. It happens to the best of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I was just wondering how many people do the fist with their toes thing. Yeah, I'm curious about that, too. Yeah, I like that because it, it comes back later when he's, like, cleaning up when he's just arrived at the party and he's like walking around going fist with your toes like it like it's working for him and and it kind of makes me chuckle but I think I get where that guy's advice comes from but it doesn't really help you like in the moment of flying that's that's another thing (laughs) like you can still be afraid to fly and then an hour later you're making fists with your toes in the carpet it doesn't change yeah Yeah. i'd be like okay so in two hours when i'm off the plane and i've been off for a while that's gonna help me relax yeah on my flight so i guess (laughs) i guess if that's all you have to look forward to then maybe you should rethink your destinations Right. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, go to your doctor and go, Doc, I get real nervous on airplanes. Boom, Xanax. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's problem solved because I know they give out opiates like candy. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Do not. Kids, don't buy drugs. Become, <laughs> Become a, a rock star, star and they give, give them to you for free. <laughs> so, yeah, I and I like that scene with Argyle because it sets up the basic, like, what's going on why are things happening so john mcclain is coming to los angeles he's a cop in new york his wife got a job uh uh what's it called a promotion Mm -hmm. so she moved the kids to los angeles and he didn't bother quitting his job because he thought that she'd be running back to new york in six months but it turns out she's actually really successful so now they have this like are we gonna reconcile our marriage little dance you know (laughs) yeah i'm and i'm so glad that holly holly Gennaro. i feel like i need to use her full name that holly Gennaro was um like she was good at her job and i like that she had like a cool hat on her shoulders you know like throughout the entire movie i was like holly's pretty cool like i i dig her you know i like when she went to hans hans gruber and she um she was like we need some stuff and he's like why are you talking to me? And she's like, well, you killed my boss. So now I'm in charge. And I was like, fuck yes. And she was just very calm. She was like, not, she like, like she knew what she was doing. And I was like, that is that like keeping a cool head in a situation like that. I can imagine is probably not easy at all. And she kept a cool head the entire time. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> yes, Holly Gennaro. <laughs> and I, I think like Hans kind of respected her for it. Yeah, I think so. And too. I, so she found some weird common ground very briefly with him. So he was like, Yeah, you're right. People should be able to go to the bathroom and yeah. Um, but I also like how she was very sensitive, like so uh what's the boss's name? Like Takashi or Takagi? Takagi, I think, or something. So the boss at Nakatomi plaza uh i can't find it i think his name is takagi but he led john mcclain into the office and and ellis like hot shot her hot shot co-worker ellis. ellis was snorting cocaine in her office and uh anyway so they're all I was standing so there surprised that t- what takagi like didn't say anything about it like he was kind of just like I don't know. Like, to me, I would have been like, what are you doing in here, Ellis? You know what I mean? I'd be like, what are you doing in here, Ellis? And then, and I love when, like, 
McLean walks past and he goes, yeah, you missed something. <laughs> and then the guy was just like, <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, it was like this whole, this dude is doing cocaine through the entire freaking movie until he gets killed. But I, from the beginning, cause I actually wanted to talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up. Like from the beginning, I was like, Ellis, this is not going to go well for you. <laughs> like, I didn't know what was going to happen to him, but I knew that when you are that cocky and you are in an action movie and you're doing dumb <laughs> shit like doing drugs while everyone's being held hostage, it's like, I, I've seen enough action movies to know where that's going to head. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, Ellis, this is not going to work out for you, buddy. And he was so, he was so like if he hadn't stood up and he hadn't gone to talk to them he would have survived but he was just being such a like i don't i don't know what his like he wanted to be the big man on campus he thought he was going to be the superhero like what was going through on through his mind like he just seemed like he he thought that he had more information than he actually did and it really screwed him over or something or I think he thought, I think because he's like a really good salesman, he said like, I do million dollar deals every day. I can handle these guys. And I think he thought like everyone has a price and he mm -hmm. can manipulate them into like giving up or letting the hostages go or something because he was so cocky and he thought that he could level with them because he's a scumbag salesman. And I love it. He goes in the office he's like, Hans. Bubby, and I was like, maybe if you didn't call him Bubby, he would have let you live. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I um, I the thing is, the thing is, like, if you're going into a situation like that with men like that, you know, these men don't care. Like, and that's that is the thing that is like going to be your downfall. Is like they don't give a shit, and. I mean, Hans Gruber, like a bunch of his men die and he doesn't even blink an eye. He's like, oh, Ivan or whatever is dead. You know, Carl, I guess. Like, oh, Carl's dead. Well, go tell his brother. Well, and <laughs> you find out later that the, the whole roof of the building is set with explosives. So the he was planning on killing the hostages anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, because they wanted to make it look like the terrorists wanted to make it look like the terrorists were dead. So nobody right. would look for them. And so that's like, obviously you're right. They, they don't care. Like in their eyes, like all the hostages are dead anyway. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. That's such a, that's like, that was, I have to say like a pretty good twist. Cause I didn't see that coming at all. Like I was, when he, when John McClane like saw all of the explosive, he's like, Oh shit. He had that look. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, pretty interesting too and then uh it's it's pretty cool how like he's up there and he's trying to get all the hostages to go back downstairs but then the, the fbi agents in the helicopter are shooting at him because they don't know who he is right so that's i like how there's like so many people like it's, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen almost but they're then also like things also just kind of like work out so that he can be the hero but they and they work out in just like a oh this is happening okay sort of way but it still works for the movie and yeah, i really no, like that a, like all early of the things that happen to him are like no this is right this makes sense like it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like 
oh, that we're just going to add this in just to be convenient. Like it, the entire thing was like, okay, this is as like what you said, it had really good pacing. And so it was logical. And I liked, I liked that. Yeah. Like early in the movie, Holly is so frustrated because she doesn't know if John is going to be coming for Christmas. And she like puts his, like their family photo face down. Yeah. So Hans, who chooses her office to be his like headquarters, doesn't see the photo. So he doesn't know what John, who John is until later in the movie after him and John has have had and like have met, but he didn't know who he was at that point. And then later he sees the picture and he puts it together and, uh, and like stuff like that. It, it, and that's it, really interesting. And like, yeah, it's clever. Yeah. But what I was going to say earlier was that I really like how Holly, when she walks into the office, so it's their first time seeing each other after a bunch, like months and months. And she gets this like warm, loving look on her face, but, and she's like so happy to see him, but her boss and Ellis are standing there and, and I, I really like the, I mean, there's like an emotional component to this movie that surprises me. Yeah. Because it's really, it's a love story, honestly. <laughs> like, it is. Oddly no, enough. It, it is. It really and is. so I, I really like how she's like so excited to see him, but she's kind of like keeping her cool because her boss is there, but then they go to the bathroom so John can like freshen up and then they kind of get like into it a little bit. They argue a little bit and and she has to leave and and john mcclain sort of like chastises himself like why why did you have to come off so abrasive you know and he gives her a hard time for going as holly Gennaro, but that also is another convenient thing that keeps the terrorists from knowing yeah who she is so it's like there's like this series of things that happen and and i think that that's it's interesting because it's clever how it all works out yeah i well and it's well written you know i mean um that's i mean and that's so important we, you and i have seen plenty of movies where uh i mean we've even talked about them where you know, there's just things where you're like this script got green lighted and just like off the top of my head i'm just thinking like you know i don't know like alan quartermain in the tunnel skulls but anyway uh, <laughs> i um i think it's actually funny that you viewed her as being really happy when seeing him because i thought that she looked like she was trepidatious she looked really anxious to me like she wasn't sure how it was going to be with him and she wasn't sure it, it kind of seemed to me like she wasn't sure if the marriage was going to continue like and that's really the impression that i got was it was maybe on the rocks for a little bit, which I'm sure part of it is because, you know, John had decided that he was a New York cop and that was it. And like, you know, and Holly's going to fail. So it's difficult having someone on your side when they're like, you might fail. And so I'm not going to support you the way that I should. And I, and I did like that he had, um, like a turnaround later and he, he spoke to Powell and he was like, I'm really sorry about what I did. You need to tell her this and everything. And I was like, okay, I, I like that he acknowledged like, no, I fucked up. Um, Cause it, it just, <clears throat> it seemed to me like there was, a, there was hesitation there with her and I don't really blame her either. And also just to, to go back to Brooklyn nine, nine, I can really understand why he likes this movie now. Like now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh my God, it's like the Michael Douglas thing with community. Like I suddenly understand it. And um, because 
for one, I could see him viewing Mick, like John McClane as like kind of a dad figure and he didn't really have his dad in his life. He he kind of does later, who's played by Bradley Whitford. But um and also he's a New York cop and so is Jake Peralta in Brooklyn Nine Nine. And I was like, Okay, I can I can like as I was watching the movie, I was like, I totally get why this character is so obsessed with this film because it's good, but also it's just it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that made me like appreciate it like so much more because I was like, I already am going into this knowing that this character I love loves this movie. And so I wanted, you know, you want to like it. <laughs> and I did. I was like, yes. Yeah. No, it's definitely worthy of being liked. Yeah. I, I like how from the beginning it was so obvious that like this group of terrorists had everything so well planned out you know like from the moment they entered the building and the dude's talking about like sports or whatever and then the like other guy shoots him I was just like wow that was smooth like smooth peanut butter (laughs) you know what I mean like damn and uh I don't know from the beginning I was like I was like the loss of life why (laughs) yeah people were definitely expendable in this movie yeah I mean all I'm surprised that John McClane was able to somewhat pretty much kill all of them off yeah but yeah i mean really like he, he killed did. all but one i think yeah did he all no he all. didn't i guess he didn't kill the driver like the the hacker guy he didn't kill the hacker oh, yeah, and then he right, didn't yeah. kill uh what the carl's brother because uh carl winslow at the end ended up killing him carl winslow yeah that's right. Al powell he didn't technically did he, he didn't really technically kill hans gruber either that's true he well yeah. he just kind of like loosed his hand yeah so he i mean fell. he he was obviously saving his wife so he like took like because the you could see he like took off the watch that she was wearing mm-hmm. yeah um so i've seen like i've seen references to this movie so many times so it was like really nice to actually see like the real you know like like uh in Bob's Burgers Gene is playing Hans Gruber and so in order to show him like falling they have like one of those play mats you know with like the streets and everything you know what I'm talking about the, like yeah and he would like and he would stand in front of it and they would like like have it be further away and then moving up closer so it looked like he was falling <laughs> and I was like and so I I had seen stuff like that so when I finally saw him falling I was like oh that's what that looks like okay <laughs> you know because I was curious I was I knew he was going to fall. I knew he was going to fall the entire movie. And I was, I was wondering the entire film how that was going to happen. I was like, does he fall out a window? And I was like, I think he falls out a window. But I was like, but they are on the roof. So maybe he falls off the roof. But I was like, but I'm pretty sure he falls out of the window. And I just, and, <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, I never seen the movie. So I've just seen bits and pieces. So I, I was thinking that my, maybe my memory is wrong. And I, and I like how they did, how they did what they did. And, uh, I, did you notice that when, when it starts out that John McClane's undershirt is white and then it's like green by the end? No, you didn't. I, cause I noticed that. Are you sure it's not just cause it got, gets super dirty? I think, well, I think that's part of it, but also it looked like it looked green. Hmm. Like it looked like they changed his shirt. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I noticed that, and I was like, "Huh, interesting." And I thought maybe it was at first because it was dirty, but then 
like as the movie went on i started noticing it was a green shirt it was just like i didn't know they made those kind of shirts in green i thought they only made them in like white well (laughs) die you know yeah like (laughs) that's it that's all it takes some get some that writ dye right it's a weird style choice though to dye a white shirt (laughs) when he was wearing it white i didn't notice i don't actually stopped the action halfway (laughs) guys i need to dye my shirt because i need to blend it it would be interesting if um it would be interesting if they did use a green shirt to make it look more dirty but with hd now it just looks green you know (laughs) like if it was like a movie trick that worked in 1988 but now because uh like movies are so much more crisp and it's been remastered or something you know yeah 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 yeah. i don't know but either way i don't know maybe maybe i maybe it wasn't white in the beginning and now i'm questioning myself i didn't notice either way i thought it was white but i honestly i i didn't focus on the color so i I was like really focused on like the entire movie i was like his shirt's getting dirty and then i was like that's green Hmm. I'm assuming that you know this like iconic scene of the terrorist on a chair with the shirt that says now I have a gun. Ho ho ho. No, I don't actually that really that was like yeah, I don't I didn't remember seeing that anywhere. Wow, they have a Funko pop of that guy. Do they really? Yeah, with that in that pose. All I remember it's like I, an iconic shot. Along with him like crawling through ductwork, that's like people have made like ornaments oh, of yeah, that no, you know I've seen that. I've yeah seen that. i um i think it's funny like i guess i have not realized how much diehard has <laughs> i hate to use this word but i feel like it's a really good word i know what you're gonna say an infiltrate will work better <laughs> did you know i was gonna say penetrate it that's why i said infiltrate will work better. <laughs> it's funny how diehard is like really infiltrated just kind of all these different aspects of pop culture like even the show that show um american housewife they had a pig named hans gruber (laughs) yeah they did yeah and like the little little girl and a cat she named the pig hans gruber and it was because her mom had let her watch die hard even though her dad didn't want her to watch it (laughs) (laughs) oh man i love that show i was so sad they canceled it it. it's a good show i don't think i finished it though so I'm sure there's still some left yeah you know? for you to enjoy yeah. yeah but it's also like maybe good that they canceled it because eventually the kids would leave and like then it's like they get old yeah and yeah and they're kind of like part of like the fun you know yeah so... the, like the anna cat is the reason i like the movie or the oh, show yeah. so yeah she's yeah. so great and i know it's and i was wondering that with speechless too because like it's about the kid that has cp so then he wants to go to New York to go to school, but they live in California. So I was like, how are they going to do this? And like mm-hmm. the whole fun of it is like the dynamic of the whole family, you know? So they canceled it and I was really bummed, but I was also like, well, maybe it's for the best because it could have gotten a lot worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, if you stop things while they're on a high note, it sucks, but it's better. Yeah. than if you just let them go and tell people hate it. <laughs> well, and like no one really, the thing is that it only lasted for like three seasons and no one really watched it. It wasn't very popular, even though it's like probably one of my favorite feel good shows. Cause it's so like, I would recommend that show to anyone. It is so cute. It's so funny. And the characters are so fucking likable. It's on Hulu. Watch it. It's called speechless. It's with Minnie driver. It is and, funny. I've seen. Yeah. And, don't, episodes, and if yeah. you like, 
like I'm just saying this to, to our listeners, but um, don't like make sure you watch past the pilot because the pilot's a little rough and you're maybe not going to like it initially, but I swear it gets so much better. And it's, it's just such a cute show. And I love, I know I'm going on about this, but I really love that show. And I also feel very passionately about it because it's like the first show I've ever seen where the lead character is a, dis- is a disabled person, you know? And I was like, what? This is amazing. Like, please give me more of that. I want to see stuff like that. And like the, only other show I think I've ever seen with a person who has a disability is called special and the kid also has CP in that too um and that one's also really cute that one's on Netflix so you know just FYI (laughs) anyway gone on a little (laughs) a little uh thing here um so yeah so that's a pretty iconic shot um and then later in the movie I don't remember exactly what happens but John McClane does something and he bests the terrorist group and Hans comes in like downstairs and he like starts kicking something or beating something up and Holly's like he's still alive and somebody she works with is like how do you know and she's like because only John can drive someone crazy that bad (laughs) and I really like that um that line but there was a line that made me laugh out loud and so the helicopters are circling the roof of the building and uh hans is like blow up the roof blow up the roof and so they blow up the roof and it blows up the helicopter that the fbi agents are in it and the helicopter is like cascading down the building on fire and exploding and the chief of police who's standing outside the building goes i guess we're gonna need new fbi agents (laughs) i know (laughs) it's so good he was like such a dick i know that guy always plays like such dicky characters like he's been wasn't he in the breakfast club Oh, was he, he the teacher? He was the principal, I think. The principal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then he was in, um, I think he was maybe in Animal House, I want to say. I think he was maybe the dean in that. Um, anyway, he, I've only seen, I've never seen a movie of his where I'm like, oh, I like this character. I'm always like, and Paul Gleason, that's his, the actor's name, right? Anytime I see him in anything, I'm always like, this guy's always just such a dick. And he was such a dick in this, too. And I I really liked Al. I really liked yeah, Reginald Bell Johnson's character. Yeah. And he was just like, he's, you know, first of all, <laughs> I love how he, like, backed out of the place. <laughs> and, like, and I, as he, he was begs over, car, like, a cliff, basically. Yeah, as yeah. he was getting out of the car, I was like, he's kind of far from the ground but they never show him like actually reach <laughs> yeah, the ground yeah. so i was like okay movie magic there <laughs> yeah. because i was thinking i was like i don't know if i would get out of the car because i'd be afraid i'd like hurt like injure myself like i'd probably be safer in the car and just wait <laughs> for someone and like he got out magically i guess because you never saw it but um yeah that that scene i thought was pretty funny but i liked like in when he's like I liked from the beginning that John McClain was calling the police Mm -hmm. I have to say that like I noticed that like immediately because that doesn't happen in action films yeah ever Mm -hmm. it doesn't ever happen in action films and he was and he's like calling the like what the FCC line or whatever whatever it was yeah those people were like like I thought that they were supposed to take every threat seriously but they were like stop calling this is a secure line and <laughs> no, he's like, she's like you're gonna get in trouble come and arrest like, me 
fine. Then I'll get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I want you to come arrest me. Come, please, because they're yeah. they got hostages and they're you know. And she was like, "Sir, if you don't get off," and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know that like, they were so." so this line is for emergencies. He's like, "I'm being shot at." What is, how is this not an emergency? Like, I would have been like, bitch, if you don't listen to me right now. Like, yeah. You know, I would have been like, I swear, you know. Um, but I, I like that he was doing that and he was calling people and he was also like trying to get a hold of Argyle and trying to get him. Like, it was very, it was surprisingly clever. Yeah. For like a action hero to do that. Because it normally is like, no, I can take care of this myself. And I'm like, well, you're one guy against 12. So let's maybe like, just calm down for a sec and call the police, yeah. you know? And, 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 and yeah, I, I like that they did that. Cause that just felt, that just felt very unique to the movie. And I don't think I've seen movies, like a lot of action films where they do that, you know? But what I was going to say is when he's watching when he's watching when he's watching al powell like drive away and he's like no 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 no, you're like come back come back i knew i was like i bet he's gonna throw a body down <laughs> I was right. wow really yeah i was like i was like how well i knew he was gonna try and get his attention i was like how is he gonna get his attention then i was like i'm like oh he's going to throw a dead body through the window. And yep, I was right. Sure enough. Yeah. Sure enough. I was (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But I thought that that was a clever way to get someone's attention because you can't ignore a dead body on your hood. Like once it's there, you're like, oh, good. That, yeah, that dude just fell off like a really tall building. So (laughs) he wasn't dead before. He's definitely dead now. (laughs) I noticed something that I'd never noticed before. So when Powell was at like the 7-Eleven, when he got the call to go over to Nakatomi Plaza, he steps, he like goes out into the parking lot to get into his car and then he walks further and you can see that the building is like right down the road and he looks at it and the camera pans up and you could see white flashes on the top that are the gunshots. And I never noticed that before. And I was like, and so in my head, even though I knew that he almost left i was like wait a second they made a point of showing the flashes and you would think that he would have noticed the flashes and been like oh something might be happening i thought that he did notice them but then like he went there like he was like no everything looks fine like he didn't seem like i he didn't act like he'd seen gunshots you know so maybe it was just for the viewer i don't know but I thought that was interesting. Um, it is interesting. But well, there's this part where John McLean early on is like, when he's when he's like trying to call Argyle and he's like, please, and in the, the phone the phones get cut. He's like, please, Argyle, tell me you heard. He's not talking to him. He's saying this out loud, like to himself. Tell me you heard the gunshots and you're calling the cops. And I was like nobody's gonna hear gunshots from 30 flights up inside a building like i don't think that that happens when he's like in the basement surrounded by like a bunch in of a concrete. car listening to music yeah yeah really loud music yeah no he's not gonna hear anything i i liked i liked that our guy was kind of just like this fun young like it, it maybe seemed like it was his first serious job or something yeah you know and he's like i need to drive around a limo it's just he was so adorable i was just like oh argyle you're so cute Definitely not what I expected. I expected <laughs> you to be a 70-year-old man, but it's all good. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, too. And he even kind of, like, did his own little heroic part yeah, at the yeah. end. Yeah. He was just, like, a cool character, you know? Like, he didn't he didn't have a really big part, but I think he had a, he had a good part. You know, it wasn't... And I, I like that no one in the movie 
there was no one in the movie that didn't have a seat or like didn't have something part of it where you you know you're not like oh well this character could have been completely dismissed from the whole thing like everyone was there for a reason yeah you know? mm-hmm. that's just good writing they kept it tight they kept it toit 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 that's what they say in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. In what? What are they? Toit nups. Toit nuptials. Oh. Gonna, these nups are going to be too toit. Toit. <laughs> I really, really like how, so I think his name is Theo. He's like the hacker, the safe cracker guy. And he's working on like cracking this safe, which has like $600 million worth of bear bonds in it. And I think this, this is, I think that this is the same thing, but um, a couple of years ago, I watched uh, like a speech on YouTube that a woman gave who survived uh, 9-11 mm-hmm. and she was in the Twin Towers. She was in one of the towers when w- one of the planes hit. And I think she said she worked for like Merrill Lynch or somebody and that she said that one of the buildings next to the World Trade Center, um, Merrill Lynch also owned and it got damaged because the buildings around the World Trade Center got damaged. And Merrill Lynch had like, I don't know, like $300 million. And I think she said it was bear bonds in a safe in that building. And the, like, the city was going to destroy the building because it was, it was damaged. And Merrill Lynch threatened to like take all their business out of the city if they couldn't get the bear bonds because once those bonds are destroyed like Like they're they're not insured or they're not like backed up the money is just gone and i think that's the same kind of bond that they were talking about in this movie right if it is it's kind of fascinating if that's true like that particular bond is like it once it's gone it's like like it's untraceable well i don't know if it's untraceable but it's like once the company loses the money like they don't have the money it's not like oh. it's not like it's backed up like you know how like banks are like fdic insured so if they they get robbed like right the, they'll get reimbursed by like the federal government or whatever but like a bond is like this particular type of bond i only know that because i listened to this woman talk about like escaping the twin towers so it's just like an anecdote on an anecdote right but i i thought that was interesting because it, it struck something and i was like i wonder if that's the same kind of bond she's talking about where it's like once they steal it like the company can never recoup their i don't know how i'm just right anyways so then the city of New York let them get the bonds out of the safe before they destroyed the building. Long wow. Short. But anyway, um, so they wanted the $600 million worth of bonds that are in this safe. And so the backstory of this whole movie is that Theo is like trying to crack this safe, but it has like seven forms of like, like seven fail safes, I guess, where like, even if you get through the first one, you have to get through five more. And, and they were six more. Six more, sorry. And they got to, like, they got to the last one, like, he cracked all but number seven, and he's saying to Hans, he's like, Hans, I, we can't crack, like, number seven is on, like, we can't get through it, it's on crack. Well, weren't they, it wasn't Tagaki, Tagaki, what is his name? I think it was Tagaki, Tagaki, the way you said it confused me, so now I have to look it up, um, Takagi, 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 we got this. We are on top of it. And things. if you're playing a game, you just took about 16 drinks. <laughs> um, but don't drive. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's like if someone wanted to, this, I'm serious. If someone ever wanted to make a drinking game out of 
this podcast, you could do it. You could get real wasted on how many times I say like. <laughs> how many times we both say like. I say like all the time. I feel like I say it more than you, but. And it's sometimes I, I try to conscientiously stop doing it. And then it feels weird. Like there's something, oh, I just did it. There's something holding my tongue, like physically holding my tongue back. It feels very weird. I think it's a colloquial, uh, we're a product of our times colloquially. Yes. And that's just, we're 90s kids. And that's the filler word that 90s kids use. The valley girl word. Yeah. yeah. You know that Frank Zappa came up with valley girl? I didn't know that. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah, he it was a song. I think it was about his like daughter, and it just it really stuck. Yeah, you know he uh, he's one of the artists that's banned from Saturday Night Live because is he. One of the reasons is he was like uh, he didn't do drugs or something. He was like clean when he was a, a musical guest, and so he didn't want anybody else on the crew or cast to do drugs while he was there and i Understandable. think they all resented him for that is the story i heard and there's probably like he maybe was hard to work with i don't know but mm. snl is notoriously um free-flowing with their, with drugs. their drugs yeah but anyway so yeah wasn't phil hartman on yeah SNL? phil hartman was yeah. on snl yeah and then his wife killed him later mm-hmm. yeah she was like high on cocaine andy dick got her back into the drugs um, yeah that's actually there's a podcast episode um from crimes of passion about or there's two of them about phil hartman and his wife pretty interesting yeah i i saw a dateline special about them it sounded pretty awful like their kids were there weren't they in like a different part of the house or I something can't, i can't remember but i, I just remember. like it was something the whole really thing sad is, yeah yeah, I mean, it, it sounded like it was like a crime of passion, like she just did it, but it was still like, wow, I can't even imagine that. That's a crazy story. It is. It's really sad. Really, yeah. really sad. Um, Chris Farley also, he died of a drug overdose, but. Yeah. Loved Chris Farley. And uh, what's his name? Belushi, John Belushi? Is uh, it John or Jim? Jim. John, Jim Belushi. John's still okay. alive. Yeah. Right? No, it was John. Okay, I was right then. It was John, it was John Belushi. Belushi. Was John okay, Belushi. I was yeah, right Jim then. Yeah, alive. Jim yeah, is still yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> they're actually they um in community they do a lot of insults that are based on Jim Belushi. Oh, really? like a lot. Like it's like it's always like it's the Jim Belushi of conversations. It means nothing and it goes nowhere. Something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> jeez, damn. Like the like, and I. I've seen like three of them in the entire show and I'm like, they must really not like Jim Belushi because there's also this one, this is just, and I thought it was like, it was like a little Easter egg, but um, throughout, I think it's throughout like maybe the first and second or maybe even including the third season, they say Beetlejuice. And so the last time they say it, you can actually see Beetlejuice walking in the background. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> so they said it three times, and the third time you could see Rock in the background. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I love shit like that because it's like one of those things where if you blink, you miss it. Yeah. And it's, you can't. Or if you see- haven't seen the movie and you don't know, yeah, you would like, it wouldn't- if you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Like, it's, just, it's just such like a, it's, ugh, I love it. I love when they do shit like that. And it's like one of those things. Because I, ha- even though I've seen Community a million times, I've like never noticed that. And I was like, hey, that's Beetlejuice. And it was just, it was very cool. It was very cool. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're, they're trying to crack the safe 
and they get to the final door. Oh, you were going to say, Takagi said, like... Yeah, didn't he say, like, you're not going to be able to open the last one or right. something Right, yeah, like he's that? like, yeah. even if I give you my code, you're not going to be able to get through it. But anyway, so they get through to the last door, and earlier in the movie, Theo said something about, like... It'll I, just take him- to, I just want to say really quick. So then they kill them to make sure that they can never get through the last door. <laughs> oh, yeah, they kill Takagi, point blank, just kill him. Just bloop. Which... This is weird, but when stuff like that happens in movies like this, I actually am kind of impressed because I feel like a lot of bad guys like monologue and they like miss the shot or yeah. something. And that even happens in this movie later when um Carl's brother, I don't remember his name. Is it like I think there's like Alexander is like Alex yeah. Alexander Gudinov as Carl. Oh wait, Carl is Alexander Gudinov. Uh is that him? Is Carl Gudinov? I don't know. <laughs> okay, let me start over. So that they do. No, he's a long-haired blonde okay, guy. Yeah. yeah. So they do that a little bit at the end when uh, the terrorist uh, runs into finally meets John McClane on the roof and is like trying to get revenge for his brother, and he doesn't kill him right away because he has to have like a little speech, and obviously John McClane has to get away, and so I'm like. You know, yeah, if he would have just shot, shot, then the whole thing right. would be done. But instead, he gets killed by John McClane anyway because he he hesitates so he can make like a bad guy monologue and so the movie plot can continue. You know, I don't. Yeah, the bad guy monologue. Like, let me tell you all about my evil plan. Now sit down. No, don't stand up. I asked you to sit down. I'm talking. All right, right now, and let me tell you every single thing that happens oh there's people coming in and i'm going to die well then i guess that my evil plan has been it has been killed (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and but so i liked in a weird way liked is a weird word but i i thought it was cool okay no word i use is gonna convey like no i get i I think it's it's very clever when the bad guys indiscriminately kill because i feel like that was is more likely what they would do as opposed right. to what you just said, which yeah, like happens. If you're, if you're gonna more kill often. like a dozen plus people, maybe two dozen people without any just any regard for human life, you're not gonna care if you have to suddenly put a bullet into some guy's head, you know, because it's just another like, like that's what you came for. You came yeah, for exactly. the money. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so my favorite part in the movie is when so earlier Theo says something about like it'll take a miracle to get through the last door. And then Hans comes down and Theo's like, we're at the last door, but we're not going to be able to get through because it's got these like fail safes on it that we can't break through. It's not going to work. And then they're watching these like security cameras and Theo's like, yeah, these guys over here are like city guys. They're outside. They're like, these are like city guys and these are the police. And I don't know who these guys in the suits are. And Hans is like, that's the FBI. And (laughs) terrorist protocol when there's a terrorist attack is to cut the power. And Theo's my like, oh, Johnson, and my name is Johnson, and we're from the FBI. <laughs> and Theo's like, and Theo's like, oh, if the power gets cut, then the fail safes will automatically f- get like open or whatever. Right. And Which Hans seems is like, logical to me. It I thought like, so too. Yeah. Like, like I'm like, because that happens. You know, like the lights go out. It does happen. It seems like the opposite would occur where they'd be like shit we need even more yeah like now, if the power you know? goes out like even more like locks right. go into place but and han says you asked for a miracle and here it is the fbi and then it shows like the fbi arguing with like 
like blue collar workers telling them to shut off the power so the power shuts off and it's such a cool cinematic moment with like um that beethoven song like i don't know what it's called it's like oh to joy oh to joy that's the song yeah yeah, yeah. so i don't think it's beethoven though is it it is oh okay so oh to joy is playing and it's like swelling and the safe is opening and Hans Gruber is like standing there and there's this mysterious breeze that's like blowing his hair really like coolly and he's watching the safe open and the he's music really is cool playing <laughs> and it's so good I love it it like gives me it doesn't give me chills per se but it's like pretty close to giving me chills because right. it's, so, it's such a good moment it, it, like in that moment I know this is weird. I almost want to root for them because it's so cool. <laughs> and and then I kind you of see felt like that too. Like I was like, get away with it, but also don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And you see these like Japanese art treasures, and then you see like probably what is an original like Monet or whatever, whoever painted the Degas, who painted the ballerinas. I don't, I don't know exactly, but um, like, it might have been to, uh, Toulouse Lautrec. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so um, you see one of the like a painting like that that's in the Curious. vaults, and then they open these boxes with like all the bonds in them and they're like collecting them all in the in the um the fbi agent it cuts the fbi agent and he's like they're probably pissing their pants in there and then it shows them and they're like kids in candy stores like cleaning out this vault and it's so good and and yeah like for a moment you're almost like on the side of the bad guys because the feds have done something so stupid (laughs) and i don't know i I think it's the best moment in the movie for me um It's, it's good oh here you go painting and die hard ball let's see uh, oh, it's Dega. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't remember. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, you're right. It's Dega. So I thought that part was cool with like the, the painting and everything and, and opening the vaults. But then obviously you don't want them to, to survive. But did you like the part? Because I also like this part in a different way. Like I'm not comparing it to the scene I just talked about. But did you like the part when Hans tricked John McClane? And, and did, did you, you think, think that John, John was, was tricked? Because, because he knew he enough, like, was he just smart enough not to give a loaded gun to somebody he didn't know? Or did he think that he was a terrorist the whole time? Like, what do you think? That's a good question. And yes, I did. And I, I liked Yes, watch- you did what? I did like the oh, part. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I asked you it. multiple. It's my fault I asked you, like, three questions. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> do you like it? Is this something? I bowl off. Yeah. <laughs> Please answer. answer. Now, go. Maybe? Um, <laughs> yes, I did like that part. And I liked it because Hans Gruber had this look on his face like, oh, shit like i'm caught and he kind of was like he was like on his hands and knees and he looked up and it was like this just this look kind of flashed over his face like he was he was kind of he was suddenly going like oh right this is what i can do and i was like damn that's clever Quick thinking yeah i was like damn that's clever but he he had a look and so i think that I think he probably knew he was a terrorist. I don't think he knew that he was like the head honcho, but because, first of all, I would, if I was in John McClane's shoes, I'd be hesitant about giving anyone a gun regardless. Like, because first of all, if you're, if you're a hostage, you're probably in a very like, like emotional high. And if something startles you and you don't really know what you're doing with a gun, you could put someone in danger so it seemed to me like he did know that he was a hostage because 
it like it was just a very clever move to be like oh yeah sure you can have a gun and he had like taken all the bullets out which i didn't know i didn't like i i kind of like i thought it was really obvious the way he was taking them out and i didn't understand how hans didn't see that because to me he did it right in front of him didn't he well, he did something weird where I think he what he did was it looked like he put a, a, a new magazine in the gun. Oh, okay. And I okay. think the magazine must have been empty, but he did do it right in front of Hans, but we didn't get a good look at the magazine. Okay, because I, yeah. I had a feeling he was he was emptying it, you know? Like, I was like, there's no way he's going to hand him like a, yeah. Right. But um, it's, I did think that that was a clever part, and it's just Alan, like, it just shows, like, just what a great al- actor Alan Rickman is or was um and like makes me so sad that he's passed away because i've always loved him i've loved him for a long time uh but that it was just such a quick like moment and and i mean there's so there's a lot of actors out there i feel like could really take a lot of um like lessons from using their facial expressions (laughs) you know Uh, because i think that i think alan rickman is very he's a very good actor he was a very good actor and he was and i've seen him in like so many different roles you know and he plays a great villain he plays a great romantic lead like he's just he's very versatile you know and i i like that that whole scene because he he just had this look for a moment like shit i'm caught this is it this is the end for me but then it was it was such a clever move and i was sitting there and i was like I don't know if I would think of that if I were in his shoes, you know, and, and I, I was just wondering, I'm like, what would I have done if I was Hans Gruber? And that's, of course I put myself in Hans Gruber's shoes. Cause I would, I'm like, Hans Gruber is way cooler than Tommy <laughs> Just kidding. But he's pretty cool though. I mean, he's pretty cool. Like the killing, I can't really get on board with, but maybe the stealing bear bonds is like, <laughs> It's like, whatever. You do what you got to do, man. You know, like, you go, Hans, you go live your best life <laughs> or your best death now because you fell off a building. <laughs> I did wonder if John McClane knew who it was because much like your comments about Arnold Schwarzenegger is uh, Alan Rickman has such a recognizable voice. I was like, how does he not? Well, do you notice that he changed his like accent too. Like he lost the accent. He started. He did lose the accent, but I mean, like his, like the tone of his voice is like so distinct that I was like, but I think, (laughs) like, it's. I mean, it's vastly different from talking to someone over the radio versus, I don't know, that person being your father or your husband. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But um, so I thought that it was. I I I don't think he knew it was Hans, but I think he knew. Like, I'm not gonna give him. I think he knew it was like a terrorist, but then yeah. I also, so like 50, I should have said this, 50% of me thinks he didn't know it was Hans. He just knew it could have been a terrorist. And 50% of me thinks he definitely knows it was Hans and he was just like playing along. Right. But uh, I like it because there's a scene where they're sitting there and this, like, it's a really weird performance. It's, it's Hans. It's Alan Rickman pretending to be Hans pretending to be somebody else and so it's this third removed character that made me laugh because 
John McClane's like, do you smoke? And Hans just starts like giggling and he's like, yeah. And I was like, what a weird response. But it's not, I mean, it's a good performance. It's like Hans is trying to act like a party guest. And I like that. And then there's this cool moment where he gives his name and it's a fake name and they're standing right next to like the directory of the building i know because i noticed that john had looked at the the thing and i was like ooh, and then i was getting i was like what is what is hans gruber gonna say like how is he gonna convince him and then he was just like oh i'm clay bill clay and i was like this piece of shit clever (laughs) and then so he gives him the gun and he walks away from him turns his back on him and then of course hans like pulls the trigger and i love the way john mcclain goes no bullets (laughs) right and i thought that that was pretty good like that's the equivalent of like repeating what somebody says in like a derogatory manner like (laughs) Oh, maybe if you go down there, you know, like that sort of thing. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the one where someone says something like, um, well, I don't do this to people in real life, but I do it like in move, like if I'm watching a movie where someone does something and then, and they're like an asshole and then like things don't work out for them. And they're like, what? I didn't understand. I think they work out for you. And I'm like, oh, you didn't understand why things didn't work out for you. Did you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you'll never let go. Well, you let go. <laughs> I listen, I listen to uh, this when I listen to um podcasts and like they talk about like the person who's like the bad person like being caught and like put in prison and I'm like oh was it worth killing all those people then wasn't it oh boo hoo you know I'm like poor you. peanut peanut gallery you're you're the podcast peanut gallery <laughs> just like it must feel good huh being in prison after you killed all those people I bet it feels really good god does it feel good <laughs> I like that he bested him in that way. And then what did you think of when he jumped off the roof with the fire hose? <laughs> like oh. <laughs> that was just like on the that was like like most of the movie was on the cusp of being over the top for me, but that was like too over the top. Yeah, that was um that like all I could think of is like like it's a good thing he had bullets in his gun for one thing yeah it's a good thing he was able to shoot in that window at the last second and also like i guess he had enough adrenaline in his body to not notice the pain that must have been radiating through his feet because i cannot imagine like his feet were so bloodied and i've listen i've gotten a shard of glass in my foot before and it bled everywhere and that was bad enough i can't even imagine like what he went through you know yeah yeah it was um I liked it just because it was like it felt right for the movie because it's such a ridiculous film but it's such a fun film but um it it, it definitely was a little ridiculous where you're like mm, okay like and I was also like but is I know you're tying a knot around yourself but like how good is is like this hose at carrying weight yeah like like, that's not what it's meant for (laughs) well i think a rubber hose like a a fireman's hose is pretty strong but yeah that's true so but i i'm not i'm not trying to say that you're wrong i i agree with you but i i think like how did he tie in not that strong yeah with a fire hose so is the fire hose strong like actually the hose might be strong enough, but is the metal wheel that the hose is on strong right. enough? And right. did he tie a knot 
how could he tie a knot that strong? And how did his body not get cut in half when he fell? Yeah, well, like, there's, I mean, like, yeah, I always think about stuff like, what if your spine snaps? You know, like, right. oh, my God. Yeah. I just, oh, I always think about stuff like that. And I, well, like, people who go bungee jumping, they wear harnesses. They don't wear belts, right? Right. Am right. I right? Like, it's not just around their waist, I don't think. It's, I think bungee jumping is, like, you have a harness on, but you also have something strapped to your ankles. Okay. Yeah. But, but then, yeah, it's a harness. It's not like a you're just wearing a rubber It's not something just tied. Hose. Yeah, you're not just a rubber hose. <laughs> I did. I thought at least they had him shoot the glass instead of like swinging and happening to break it with his feet. Yeah, but it's still thinking. like. Like that was clever. And I was, but I knew I'm like that. I'm like, this is not going to end well if you don't get out of that. You know what I mean? He's like rushing out of it and got out of it just in time. And I was like, yeah ethan hunted it man you ethan hunted the <laughs> shit out of he that he did he even hunted it big time yeah 30 seconds to door knock yeah <laughs> the countdown Three is seconds not to the end of the popping. world <laughs> press that red button uh, with 0.2 seconds left mm. that's how every mission impossible movie ends yeah did you know that no. have you seen all of them have you i have you have I've seen yeah. all of them i've seen fallout probably around seven or eight times now Jeez, wow maybe even more that's a I've lot watched it a lot it was on hulu and i watched it like every other day Jeez. yeah well you can't you can't beat henry cavill with a mustache just, you know like no i'm kidding no i well i'm not kidding but um i'm totally not kidding at all i mean for real like whew, that guy with a mustache is like dominique de coco you know what i'm saying like anyway uh he's like put the little arriba Okay. I watched this video of this this woman posted this video on TikTok and it was like it was like my Christmas list and it was all these like different pictures of like Henry Cavill, but then there was like something circled on him like a shirt, a belt. <laughs> and I sent it to my friend Dana because Dana loves Henry and I was like, Did you ghostwrite this? And she goes, That's my Christmas list right there. <laughs> I like the idea. Like in my head, I just thought of something really comical, and it's like two men hosting a podcast and objectifying women the way that you just talked about Henry Cavill and how pissed people would get. I but know. for women, it's okay. Like, listen, Henry, <laughs> you're great. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying you're very handsome and. It's your fault that you were born this way, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> it, is, it is his fault. It's like when I pick up my cat and I say, well, maybe if you weren't born approximately baby size, I would pick you up and kiss you all the time. And he just goes, no. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just, I just think it's funny. Uh, oh, man. I think it's, it's a funny. <laughs> He's so cute, though. The little, I'm talking about my cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he did a little cutie. What he's if a baby? Like, he's so cute though. He's so he's fluffy. And you're like, are you still talking about him? Yeah. Henry <laughs> Cavill's mustache. He's so fluffy. Yeah. He's got the fluffiest. No, he's. I think I actually kind of would like to see him in like some comedic roles, like how he was in, in Man, um, the Man from Uncle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he's pretty funny. He's got like a, he's got a decent sense of humor. Um, because I watched this one interview of his where he was talking about how, he's like. 
He's like, I can't sleep at night. My mustache accuses me up. I have to put a little in it on a little mustache pad. And when my mustache goes to sleep, I can finally sleep. And he's like, and it was just so, and he's like saying it with such seriousness. And he's like, I, it's terrible. He's like, and I can't get rid of it. And it just keeps me up all night long. And like, I'm, and I was just like, this guy is just. Yeah. Maybe he's just being miscast. I maybe, you know, he's, I think it's, I think people look at him and they just think that he can't be funny because he's just so hot. <laughs> so anyway, back to talking about Powell. I like how Powell, like Powell and John had this like back and forth and like Powell figured out that John was a cop pretty early on. Yeah. But Powell's cool and he doesn't like give that information away, you know, and he's trying to work with him. And then the chief of police comes and he's like trying to take over. And the chief of police who has like a I've got a small dick syndrome <laughs> going on because holy shit, that guy was like, no, I'm in charge with everything. And I was like, you know, this this guy's been talking to him longer than you have. Believe it or not. He might have a little bit more insight, a little bit more information. You know, if you just listen to him, he could help you. Like, it, it's, ugh, I, I, I mean, I know that that kind of character is in that movie for a reason, but I can't stand that kind of character, you know? Yeah, who just, just doesn't, like, why doesn't he listen to reason? Yeah. I don't well, know. And it's, it's, also, it's also, like, there are people's lives here that are in the balance of, like, they might die, and we don't know when they're going to die. They could die at any second, and you're being so cavalier about this. That's a word that I've been using a lot today. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of a more familial, personal thing going on, but it's true. She knows. Uh and and he's just not listening to him at all and it was it was like and then the fbi guys were doing the same thing you know johnson and johnson like, yeah like it's... especially especially the goonies johnson yeah. you ever, you ever seen the goonies <laughs> yes okay do you remember the guy that would sing yeah that was him wow yeah oh interesting yeah the bit they call them i think they have in imdb i think one was called big johnson one was called little johnson oh okay so um which I think is weird that they used, they had two cops named Johnson, you know what I mean? Or two FBI agents named Johnson, you know? But, I think it was supposed to be like a, like a little tip of the cap to like, you're these cookie cutter, don't think uh, outside the box fed federal agents who are just like boring and named Johnson and think that their way is right, even though they're they like, die like 10 minutes, so then they barreling the in like a, like a yeah. freight train and just making a mess of things. Yeah. I felt bad for the other guy that was, uh, what was big johnson was saying something about he was saying something about like a tv show right or what was he saying and then the dude he was in the helicopter with was like i don't know i was oh, in junior high he said it. it's just like saigon like he was oh, yeah 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 he the was saigon. In, That's like right, in yeah. the military or whatever in saigon and i assume he was shooting at people from a helicopter and right. the other guy was like i was in junior high like he didn't he wasn't and i felt bad for that guy because he died too yeah he died like, too yeah i was like no oh, come on yeah um but yeah so i like that powell like they so they put up these big spotlights and then the terrorists are shooting the spotlights out and the chief's like they're shooting at us and powell's like they're shooting the spotlights you know and yeah and then uh so later on when ellis is is like trying to negotiate with the the terrorist uh john mcclain's like ellis tell them you don't know me and ellis is like john come on we're old friends and then ellis gets shot and the chief of police is like 
oh he never saved ellis and i was like what you heard him trying like he to literally like, i know he was like begging ellis he's like do not say my name you will get killed do not do not mention me mm-hmm. like it was like i was like it, like john mcclain couldn't have been any more obvious to ellis like dude listen to what i am telling you you do not know me and ellis was just like whatever i'm the big man on campus i do what i want yeah <laughs> exactly that's and, him doing more cocaine. Yeah. And you can see him doing more cocaine. Yeah. When, when they're hostages. When they're sitting there. Yeah. He's like sniff, like he's like doing the little like palm thing. And I was like, Ellis, you're a fucking hostage. Why are you still doing cocaine? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I, and then at the end of the movie, when they like Allison and Don and uh, Hans Gruber has fallen to his death and Holly and John McClane are leaving the building and he sees Powell. I really like how they like me too. They embraced, right? Am I remembering yeah, they, that? Like, okay. saw it. they like it was almost this like if it was a romance movie, <laughs> this would have been like the meet cute where they like meet across the room and their eyes they meet and there's this moment and like I love like they kind of just smile at each other like knowingly, like, hey, hey buddy, how's mm-hmm. it going? Yeah. And then uh they did embrace, and that was like a good that was that felt like really good. And I so actually, I wanted to mention something else about Powell because he, and I felt like this was incredibly relevant to, the, to today, and that maybe is why this movie has not, like, seemingly aged, like, it hasn't aged badly or anything, but when he was talking about shooting that kid that had, like, a fake gun, I was like, holy, like, that, like, almost like felt like my breath had been taken away like it was it felt like I got punched in the chest almost like because I was like whoa like that's exactly what's happening in these days and it was it it just it felt so like crazy relevant to what was happening nowadays that I it like blew my mind you know what I mean like I was like wow Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is 33 years old and that is like still an incredibly relevant thing like that is just so upsetting you know it was i mean yeah just upsetting overall you know Mm -hmm. and like especially since like la cops are are are, wait they're in la yeah la cops are known for being corrupt Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of corrupt corruptness going on in the lapida is the lapida isn't that what the the riots were about like in the mid 90s right about they, the police beat up was it rodney king is that yeah 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 yep. and the, yeah yeah and now it's happening now and it's insane it's what makes me so sad about that is that it's been 33 years and why is this still relevant yeah you know yeah. that should not that should be like oh that was a thing that happened back then 33 years ago wow i didn't even know but no it's like that was that was yeah that just like blew my mind and it made me like i was like cool <laughs> cool <laughs> yep <laughs> great <laughs> you know <Woo. laughs> anyway <laughs> and then i just made more noises until say, someone like- stopped me <laughs> Like I don't know, I was just gonna let you keep going. <laughs> there's I can't remember what it's from, but there's like why I wish I could remember what it's from, but there's a, a scene in some show or a movie or whatever, and I think it's from a show 
where uh, someone asks some guy to like do something and the guy's like, well, mm, mm, <laughs> the guy goes, how many noises are you going to make before you let me know? <laughs> he's just like, mm. that sounds like something that would be on like Will and Grace or something. <laughs> it wasn't, a, it wasn't on Will and Grace. It might've, it might've been speechless actually. Oh, okay. It might, but I'm, I'm think the more I think about it, I think it might have been speechless, but actually I'm almost positive it was. <laughs> but yeah. It reminds me of um there was a Saturday Night Live like a like an opening when Sarah Palin was running for like vice president and Tina Fey was playing Sarah Palin and <laughs> she was in an interview and they were asking her like hard questions and she would make like little noises. And there, and the interview was like, you seem to be getting increasingly adorable the more nervous you get. <laughs> and Sarah, like Tina Fey, Sarah Palin was like, pew, pew. And she shot like little finger guns into the air and was just making like weird noises and gestures <laughs> instead of answering. Oh man, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I so like I, I did like how they met at the end Me and too. they like embraced. And then Carl, who should be dead pops up with his gun and starts shooting and then Powell Powell kills him I wonder whatever happened to all those terrorist groups that they do you think that they let them go or I don't think so oh that was another thing I wanted to talk to you about um well the guy the chief of police was like just we I don't have jurisdiction on other countries like setting people free but he's like I guess I'll make some calls but then the when the helicopters were coming close to the building because like part of Hans's demands were like we need a plane at this airport and I need you to bring helicopters to the building so we can all escape and the hostages are going to escape too but his plan was to blow it up so they thought that they were dead obviously but right when the helicopter is coming toward the building the two agents johnson and johnson were talking to each other and john one of the john the big johnson was like <laughs> big johnson he was I like know, i know it's they probably did that on purpose they were like <laughs> that's a dick joke <laughs> yeah they uh, that, like they're like in the like writing room they're like <laughs> big johnson and little johnson <laughs> everyone thinks this is gonna be a christmas movie but it's about the johnsons <laughs> we're gonna just talk about okay i'm done i don't know where i was going i just uh so big johnson says so little johnson says so the johnson's no so one of them says to the other one like what's the plan here and so they're gonna go in guns blazing they're not actually like their plan is not actually to comply with the terrorism they're gonna go in and try to kill the terrorists and one of the johnsons says uh my plan is we're going to go in and we'll probably lose 20 to 25% of the hostages. And the other Johnson's like, that's, that's fine with me. Like they're prepared to potentially kill 20 to 25% of the hostages in while trying to kill the terrorists. So like there was no, you know, like every, there's like a contingency for these poor hostages. Like the terrorists are going to kill them. And if they don't succeed, they might get killed by the federal agents trying to save them, you know? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so anyway all, all of the hostages, hostages live except for Ellis. Ellis. And and then Well and Tagaki. Oh what? yeah, Takagi. 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 Yeah. Takagi. Why yeah. is his name like so it's because it's foreign. And no, it just feels weird to say, I think. You know what I mean? Because it's foreign. No. <laughs> Actually, I like Japanese names, but I'm not trying to be derogatory, but oh, okay. I'm saying it's a 
it feels weird to say because it's not a name that you're it's not a vowel uh consonant combination that you're used to saying yeah i guess that's true i wasn't saying foreign like i wasn't trying to be like it's oh. because it's i wasn't trying to use like bad terms i'm just saying like people okay. mess up my last name all the time because it's foreign yeah mine too yeah yeah mine too actually for the like i went somewhere oh i went to panera that's right i went there like last week or a couple weeks ago or whatever and uh the girl like one of the first times i've ever experienced actually pronounced my last name right and i was like dude you pronounce my last name right and she, i was like people always mispronounce it and she's like well someone had to tell me how it was pronounced and i was like okay well you shouldn't have told me that because i was very excited well, wait <laughs> so that means somebody that works at panera knows how your name someone, is pronounced yeah i mean yeah. like there's a capital g in there like it's <laughs> i'm not gonna whatever anyway um <clears throat> Yeah, so I guess Takagi and Alice Takagi. died, and the I guess the original, um, the original, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Desk guard, uh, security oh, guard. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a hostage though, so I wasn't counting him. That's but true. He was just, although I guess he would have been. So I guess he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, when Alice died, though, I was not surprised. No, that that me was neither. Happen. I was like, mm. I was like, this guy is way too cocky and it's going to end yeah. really badly for him. Like from the beginning, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And he was making like obnoxious face gestures at Hans like, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. Ah. I know. I know. <laughs> you know. I was like, sure. I, I was like, why don't I was like, here, Ellis, here's a great idea. The next cool idea that you can do is why don't you go and cover yourself in raw meat and then just stand in the middle of the lion's den and see how they react to you. <laughs> you know, like it's the same thing as, as uh, pushing at a terrorist buttons. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like guess what is going to end up happening? You're going to die because <laughs> you're being real stupid. Yeah. No, it's like he, and I don't know if like adding the drugs aspect was supposed to make the viewer like him less, which, you know, I mean, addiction's no joke. So, but it's what you're looking at me weird. <laughs> like, you, I, I don't know. No, I, I was, I'm sorry. That was my just concentrating face. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought that that maybe like, I didn't know cause no one else was doing drugs. What? Why are you doing? I was just messing just going, with you. I was what? just mess. I was just messing with you now. But yeah, uh, no, I think that they were just trying to show him being like this cocky. Like I think they're just trying to make him show him being a cocky businessman who makes a lot of money. And what's a way to show that you make a lot of money than to show him like snorting thousands of dollars up his nose? True. You know, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, it's uh, you know. And also, and also like i think it well he's so bold about it too well yeah and i mean i think like that's another reason why like it makes him careless because he's high so he's not making rational right. decisions yeah when you're on cocaine like i've never tried it but uh apparently it makes you very um like excitable i guess or like it gives you a lot of energy i actually had someone tell me a story once when i worked at the restaurant it was one of the guys that worked there different guy from the last one um but he was telling me about how he went to mexico or i think it was mexico and he was with his friend and they ended up meeting up with this dude who was like hey i'll give you cocaine and so they're like sure because that always sounds well as everyone knows that if you go to mexico and a stranger offers you drugs that you should totally take them anyway so he <laughs> 
he took them he took the drugs and he was in his room and he moved all of the furniture from in the room outside to the balcony. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like Jeez. it created like a separate room while he was high on cocaine. And I was like, wow, that guy had a lot of funny stories. He told me once one about, um, it's, well, I mean, this is, I p- always put the explicit on our, our thing. So I'll just tell you this anyway, because I thought it was hilarious and I think I need to share it with the world and I'm not going to say who told me it, but it was a guy and it's, that's kind of important to the story. <laughs> so anyway, he was he was cutting up jalapenos for his dinner. I may have told you the story before. He was cutting up jalapenos for his dinner, and it was like the middle of winter. And he ended up somehow touching his dick, and with jalapeno like juice remaining on his fingers. And all of a sudden, he was like, "Oh my god." my dick burns like my dick really hurt Fuck, my dick fucking burns he's like trying to crawl into the sink to rinse off his dick and he told me that he ended up going outside and just pulling down his pants and letting like the winter wind cool down his dick winter wind yes oh my gosh and i was like and he's telling me the story and I was laughing so hard and I felt bad because it was up like he was obviously in pain over it, but it was so fucking funny. Like I was just like, this is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. I'm sorry. I know that was painful for you, but that's fucking no. hilarious. <laughs> it's not, it, I mean, I just, I, I think it's funny that the the winter wind. I thought you were gonna say he put his penis in a snowbank, but no, he I just, guess he just like whoop let the winter wind like, do its trick. Take me winter wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> I bet he wears gloves now when he's cutting peppers. Right? Oh yeah, that would uh that would be a lesson you would not forget. Yeah. Also, I'm. I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to eat something that he prepared because I don't know what order the touching right. happened, but sounds suspicious. That's what I think too. Yeah. Like I made some tamales. Like, was it dick tamales? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. It's, so I think it's, it's a fun movie. Would you recommend it? Yes. Absolutely. Um, and I think every single TV show that has ever referenced it would also recommend it. And I am so happy that I've finally seen this movie and I can finally understand the reference. Like, not that it was difficult to understand the references before, but now I can actually like, now I actually know where they're from and like, you know. And so um, I've owned this DVD for about a year. <laughs> and just watched it now. And I just watched it now. I... Um, well, at first I was going to watch it and then we, you know, and then like five months later and we discussed that we wanted to do it for Christmas. And so I just waited another, you know, like six months or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, as, as one, as one does, does, right. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would recommend this. I think it's, I think it's really fun. Um, the cast is great and it's, it's a classic, you know, like you can't go wrong with the classic and it's. And thankfully, I was prepared for this movie to be like two hours and 45 minutes. Like, I was legit like, that's how long it is. Like, in my mind, I was so <laughs> convinced of that, that I 
like I have a little Google home and I was like, Hey Google, how long is this movie? And there it was like, Oh, it's two hours and like 11 minutes. And I was like, Take the thought. <laughs> those, those Fincherian length movies are, they can be real brutal after a while. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So what about you? Would you recommend this movie? Big time. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, two thumbs up. A raw, a romping good time. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's just fun. Explosions, guns, blood, murder. You can't go wrong. Yeah, thievery. Uh, a guy, a guy named Argyle, whose name totally does not fit his face. <laughs> it will eventually. Maybe by now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would recommend it. It's 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 pretty fun. It is it's fun. Yeah. And you know, any any fan of Alan Rickman or Bruce Willis, like, what are you what are you doing not watching this movie? Honestly, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, follow us on Instagram, Watchers Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watchers Movies. You can also follow us on our other Instagram called the Watchers Who Find Things. And if you like our stuff, you can send us an email. Um, just like about anything. You want to just tell us about your day do it we love getting stuff from you know our listeners or if you wanted to recommend us a movie you could do one of two things you could email us at watchers of movies at gmail.com or you could go to itunes and you can give us five stars and you can put the name of the movie in your review you don't even have to give us a review but we you know we love the five stars it gets us out there it gets us more noticed um I noticed that we have almost a hundred followers on Instagram, which doesn't seem like something to brag about, but we're kind of excited about it. <laughs> you know, we we understand that our podcast is a, is a very niche, you know, has a very niche uh, listener base. So anyway, and uh, thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. Truly. Mostly, I think, anyway. I mean, I believe. I truly believe that we are we are transcendent, honestly. So, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.